Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Game of Thrones After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424 424- Two five six seventeen twenty nine, and now another post game wrap up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV's Game of Thrones After Show. I don't even know how to start off the show because usually I'm excited and intense and into it, but that was just absolutely insanity. But let me introduce my co-host across the table, the lovely Kristen Snyder. What's up, guys? And joining us once again, Kyle Maddock. Hey, you guys. How's it going? And guys, I'm Dave Klein. And for those of you who don't know, Kyle joined us earlier this season. He's from the A Song of Ice and Fire uh, podcast. Yeah, podcast of Ice and Fire. Yes. yes, Podcast of Ice and Fire. Great podcast. Been running for five years, I believe. Uh, yeah, we've been going for five years. So even before the show. So you know he knows his stuff. Uh-oh. Put me on the spot <laughs> on this one. So, man, the Red Wedding tonight. If you guys have heard Game of Thrones readers talking about the Red Wedding before and it was going to be insanity, that's what this is. I forgot to wear my red, sadly. I'm wearing white again. I'm wearing red. Kyle thought about it with his bracelet. Kristen, I, I dropped the ball. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some red leaves going on over there. Yeah, a couple of red leaves no, there. it's like splatters of blood because I was there. So that's kind of what this, this episode was. So let's go ahead and jump right into that storyline because that's how we start off. And we start off in River Run with Rob and Catelyn talking war strategy where Rob's thinking about trying to infiltrate Casterly Rock, which is different as I talked about a different week from the books where he wanted to infiltrate the... Um, well, he wasn't trying to attack the Lannisters in the book version of it. No, not so directly. But, yeah, so they're kind of talking tactics here, and he's finally trying to take his mom's advice because of everything that they undid. Yeah, when did uh, Catelyn become such a military strategist? Well, I, I <laughs> All those times with uh, Ned in bed. Apparently he talks, that's bed talk, right? <laughs> oh, between them. Yeah. Honestly, let's be truthful. If Rob would have actually listened to his mother from the beginning, this all could have been prevented. That's what I'm thinking. Mother's oh, yeah. mother's no best. That's true. I mean, all of this comes down to treason. Everything with Talisa. <laughs> so it all comes down to that. But they end up arriving at the twins in the very next scene. And there's a point that I really want to throw out here, which just differentiates from the books. And there was a lot that was really close, but here we see them eating the food that's offered to them by the phrase. And there's a really big point of this in the books where Catelyn is constantly worried, and as soon as they get the food, she's relieved and makes a point of it 
because the tradition in Westeros is as long as you get food, as long as you're fed, you are a guest, and no harm can come to you as a guest. And Walter Frey kind of explains that there, but Catelyn really has a lot of unsettling thoughts throughout the book during Mm -hmm. this, and I just wanted to explain further how big of a deal that is in the Westeros world. Yeah, it certainly is big. It's the the law of hospitality, and uh, in the book, it nails it home. uh, Make sure you eat something. Make sure you eat something. Yeah. Which uh, which I like. um, (laughs) And he goes, I will eat any grub they give me. (laughs) Just give it to me. What about the grub in the beginning? Those appetizers didn't look too appetizing. Did you guys see it? It was like rice and ground beef, and they were just picking it up by their hand. Was it even rice? (laughs) No, I don't even know if it was rice. It looked like a bowl of salt. I'm making that up. That's like the <laughs> well, that's part of do. the thing is the food was actually supposed to be not very good, and neither was the uh, the music's completely off because it's not actually musicians playing the music. But the music sounded fine in the show it's, to me. It sounded like I told you guys I felt like it was all unsettling, and it really felt like war music. It never at one point did I feel relaxed at that party. I mean, you wanted to be there, but I certainly did not. <laughs> Just the ambiance is <laughs> yeah. beautiful. I mean, before before the excitement happened, but uh, was that was that the reigns of Castamere? I don't, I'm not sure. I think it might have been the reigns of Casimir yeah. that they're playing at the very final scene because I was thinking like I recognize sense. it so it sounds like it could have been and you could just see you could see it all on Kat's face she yeah. knew as soon as they closed the door and the music played yeah she was just like praying to she, the heavens she knew yeah because the reigns of Casimir is a song about the Lannisters right it's about the Lannisters destroying an winning. entire family yeah so um we got a bunch of people saying that they were finally like lady friend love on the chat says I started to really like Talisa tonight <laughs> uh, <laughs> perfect timing and the, she says, I didn't like the show Talisa compared to Jane in the book, which is her name in the book, uh, until tonight. And then, oh, uh, whoops. But, yeah, that was another difference here is we see Talisa at the very beginning. She is here. She's at the wedding. And in the story, in the novel, she is actually stays back. Rob wants to keep her away from everything because he doesn't want to keep all of his love things in one place. So he's there with his mom, so he wants to keep Talisa back over at uh, River Run. Yeah, uh, she actually stays in River Run with the Blackfish. The Blackfish and her never make it to the wedding. Um, so we have this moment uh, where she she's the first to go. Was she the first to get stabbed? She was the very first. She was the very actually, first her person. child was the first. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was still sort of alive, but I think she's going to die from bleeding out. But I was so surprised. She's only almost dead. <laughs> she's, only, she's fine. Well, if it was Walking Dead, she'd come back as a walker, probably. Yeah. Uh, well, I, and I also thought, did Kat have an arrow in her back like that entire yeah. last scene? Yeah, she did. She, <laughs> sure. Yeah, she did. Rob she, had a few. She got it right through the shoulder as she was uh, yeah. running at some point. But, what uh, a mother, though, right? Yeah. S- till the end. Wow. Yeah. Chris M. Mancini says Talisa's death was a slot. Yeah, it kind of was. kind of was there. But before we jump on all that, though, and we're definitely going to talk a whole lot about that, let's kind of talk about the lead-up to it and the fact, and rewind a bit, to Walder Frey being crude as hell, talking about his daughters. Can't remember one of their names. Let's, whatever, whatever you say it is. Wild, wild, weedy, weedy, woodie, whatever her name was. That's what I got out of it, the, and, ba- the name game. And then her name was Mary or something like that. <laughs> yeah, so it's completely different. He had different. gone through, like, Freya, Dara, like, all these ridiculous long names, and then she was just like, it's Mary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The hardest name to remember. He's getting up there in years. He doesn't care anymore oh, no, at I, all. I honestly just shows, it shows his disrespect for women more so anything else. Just in general, he has a huge disrespect for women. And it, it showed, by the way, he was talking about Talisa mm. in the beginning and said, you know, I don't uh, blame you for, you know, committing treason for this firm body and his other glorious vocabulary that he, he used. He does but... not like saggy boobs. No. <laughs> not, apparently not. <laughs> no. But we saw that in the first season, too, when we first meet Walter Frey, just how completely disrespectful he is the woman. 
You also see that there. Yeah, he, he there's a lot of parallels between him and Craster. And just, yeah, um, yeah there are. I was thinking that's about that, point. too. Mm. And, and something else I was thinking about, even though this is jumping the gun a little bit, is how this is the ninth episode of season three, and this was the big giant episode of craziness happening. And that kind of was a parallel to season one, where the ninth episode was Ned Stark getting his head chopped off. And I was just thinking, wow, that's kind of the way they ended it. Both seasons, horrible things happening to the Starks. <laughs> Ninth episode to lead into the tenth, where you're kind of like, wow, did that really just happen? I think the Starks are by far most people's favorite family, so it makes sense to kill off the characters that we all love. And the worst part about it was Ned was actually brought up in this episode when they were talking about naming the child, so it was kind of like foreshadowing in that moment. Yeah, it was. Oh, that was a little heartbreaking. Yeah, it was totally heartbreaking. Is they were going to name it Eddard? Ned Ned died twice! Twice! (laughs) In both of the episode nines. You're absolutely right. (laughs) Oh. Ned born again? Nope. Oh, well. Oh, Sad stuff. So. By the way, guys, I have my Twitter up if you want to tweet at me. And Stark Naked said, oh, my God. Even before we started watching, so I knew that he was watching oh, yeah. before we did. Yeah. Oh, my God. So there's a quote. <laughs> uh, the wine will flow red. And the, the, the quote, this is from Walter Frey. Quote, the wine will flow red and the music will play loud. So he's talking, he alludes to it as well there. There's a foreshadow there. So because we're playing music here and we have Phil here, let's jump into a show from Maria Menounos, Serial Buddies. Not just just a show. Some might call it a movie. A film. Some might call it a movie. That's how long that show is. Phil, are you actually in the shot right now? That's my real question. Right there, baby. I wasn't sure if it was pointing that way. Uh, Of course. You're looking nice tonight. I like well, thank you, guys. I dressed up for the audio people. <laughs> Film, let's get this. Let's hear a little bit about Serial Buddies, because I think right. you've got a lot of Here's awesome what I'm going to tie say. into, right? There's a, I, I'm, you know, I don't follow Game of Thrones as much as I should have, but, um, you know, now that everyone's basically killed off the show, you guys need to come. You as fans need something a little bit lighter that's, you know, still has a lot of killing in it. That's about come killers. Off. Yes. Adventures of Serial Buddies, a movie made by Marie Menounos, uh, Kevin Undergaro, and, in fact, a lot of the people here from AfterBuzz TV, um, is available on iTunes iTunes and uh, streaming through SerialBuddies.com. We've uh, by popular demand, we've actually lowered the price. It's only four ninety nine, so it's a Ooh. it's a steal at that price. And uh, again, it's it's the first serial killer buddy comedy ever. And uh, you and, guys would and enjoy it. If you it. haven't it's- seen it yet. Don't be the last one to see it. So if you thought the Red Wedding was funny, <laughs> this shit movie is for you. I am so <laughs> I, I mean, actually download it on my flight back last night because I just wanted to see it twice. So download it before you get on that airplane. I mean, there's uh, there's references to boobs. I know you guys are talking Lots about boobs. boobs. Game over. Uh, there's killing. Uh, there's, there, there isn't anything... Well, everything is in there. <laughs> and you have Henry Winkler, Christopher Lloyd, uh, Artie Lang, Beth Bears from Two Broke Girls, Kathy Lee Gifford, uh, and of course Maria Menounos, among many, many other stars. It's funny. Uh, available now. Adventure of the Serial Buddies. If you don't know how to find it, uh, go to SerialBuddies.com. And you can misspell Serial to oh, yeah, be the regular it is Serial. S-E-R for Serial, not C-E-R. Although that type of cereal is amazing too. But either one works. You can plug in either one, it'll take you there. I eat cereal every day, so therefore I need to watch Cereal Buddies. That's go. right. So thank you guys. Back to your regular programming. All right. Thanks, Phil. So again, that's thank Cereal you. Buddies by many of the AfterBuzz crew, so definitely make sure to check that out. And So I have Josh that just tweeted at me, and he said, I had been suspicious of Talisa, um, suspecting she was a spying for someone. I really felt like an asshole that that happened. Um, 
yeah. Um, yes. I agree with you, Josh, by the way. I think a lot of people thought she was spying throughout this too. season. Yeah, there were all these rumors going on that uh, because she was a di- she had a different name and everything, there were all these spy theories mm-hmm. and is she working with the Lannisters and um, but uh, yeah, just kill her first off. It was just like a hey, you all you people who think all this stuff up yours. Like it was just <laughs> So Potter fan on the chat says the whole scene was traumatizing. <laughs> Definitely a little bit traumatizing there. Definitely going to leave the lights on when I go to sleep tonight. But let's uh, <laughs> let's kind of jump over a little bit before we talk about the whole wedding scene. And and by the way, Edmure the whole time looked kind of nervous because we still haven't been introduced as bride yet. But let's jump and talk a little bit about Arya because she's on her way to the twins. And she's heading over with the Hound. And first they uh, run over to this guy with a wheelbarrow. And the Hound knocks him unconscious. And the plan is to sneak in as this guy with pig to bring pig to the feast. He's a pig farmer. He's a pig farmer. Until he eats them all. Until the hound <laughs> eats them all. <laughs> but we see Arya bring out her sassy badassery a couple times. I love the relationship between these two. She, she <laughs> She's so hardcore, he's so hardcore, and they're just, they butt heads in such a wonderful, uh, uh, can I say, serial killer buddy way. <laughs> You absolutely I think can. you can. I think okay. that Great does job. relate here. Yes, because these two are just going to murder everyone. You know what? <laughs> I, I think that they see each other the way they both want to be seen. And they also see like their faults in each other and she calls him out and he calls her out and I think it's great to have a friend like that and I really saw the relationship developing here especially when she asked him not to kill him and for once he actually listened. <laughs> yeah, that's true and then she goes and knocks him out right afterwards. <laughs> well, what was funny about that was he was telling her in that moment that you're too kind and someday that's going to come back and you're going to get killed because of your kindness and then the guy wakes up and she knocks him out too which obviously proves the hound wrong in that moment. <laughs> yeah, and I agree with you. It is a great moment between the... I, I like the dynamic that plays off between the two of them throughout all the scenes. And they end up um, arriving to the wedding as the pig farmers, and they can't get in because things the, the feast is about over, basically. And they're just told that the feast is over. They can't get in. And let's jump back to the wedding scene. Shift on over back to the wedding mm-hmm. happening at the same time. So we're at the wedding where Edmure's ready-ish. He's still pretty Frey. We still haven't met his maybe lovely bride, Rosalind Frey. We, we still haven't met her. And she's introduced, and she's the only Frey that's pretty. <laughs> the only one. <laughs> Score. So maybe if you guys haven't or watching the show, did anyone like get kind of nervous there? Like, why was Edmure Frey, or Edmure Tolly? sorry, why was Edmure Tolly given the only pretty Frey? Because I know, and yeah. if you read the novel, Catelyn was really worried at that point. She was like, what is he playing here? What's the angle? What's he trying to do? Mm. So I'm wondering if anyone who watched got, kind of thought about that, too. Like, why did Edmure get to happen to have a pretty one? I mean, it was all too good to be true from the beginning. Exactly. Uh, Walder was definitely on his best behavior. Everything was... Uh He's trying to make it all nice, nice, and you know, as the best behavior that Walder Frey can have. It, yes, Walder <laughs> Frey can have, but uh, he was definitely trying to do everything like, like, like we mentioned before. As soon as they came in, the opening shot was them eating the food. Um, yeah, and then uh, give give him the most beautiful daughter he has, and everything. He was just best behavior. I'm not even convinced that was his daughter. That was probably just someone he didn't mind killing because I'm guessing we didn't get to see the what happened in the bedroom, but I'm sure it was you know, no, nothing a, less than blood. That's a good point. We actually well, didn't see anything from that. That's very true. Uh, they, but they did get married, and I think I would think from Walder Frey's perspective, having one of his daughters marry the Tullys, uh, the strong house, it would be a strategic point. So I, I think it would be his daughter, but... Yeah. Um, 
And do you think that Edmure survived this red wedding? Well, I mean, we can't oh. say because, yeah, okay. read the books, yeah. not good to say, but. Because they definitely left, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but um, they are definitely out of the scene. But we get this really snide look that Walder Frey gives Rob at uh, during the <laughs> wedding, which is a pretty funny look because he started like, see, there is a hot one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I felt like he was mocking Rob the enti- this entire episode, honestly. I mean, even when Rob gave that great speech at the beginning where he was like, you know, this will end uh, any feud between us. Um, and he just started clapping. It was just like, it was a joke from the beginning. And yeah, he was totally. mocking him the yeah. entire time. And then it was kind of like Rob was trying to, like when he was involved in the, in the bedding ceremony, he was trying to act like, okay, we're friends, even though he was very hesitant. You could see it. That's yeah. a great point. And Devin Lamar on the chat about the look says, love the look Walter gave Rob. So people also notice that little look that he gives but something i was thinking about too is you kind of get the difference between Tyrion's wedding from last week's episode or two weeks ago's episode which i guess would be last week's if you're watching on dvd and this week's episode so just how different it was where this one's much more normal and no, no issues supposedly putting on the um the veil not the veil what the cloak the cloak uh-huh. yeah thank you the cloak for uh, Roslyn. So a much more normal wedding here. Mm-hmm. Not quite so tense. Not as much tension. And then the wedding feast actually starts. And we get to see everyone's perspective and where they're at. And Edmure Tully's looking pretty excited there. He's actually happy <laughs> that he has a pretty bride. He is pumped. <laughs> he, is, he didn't do anything, but his eyes just stayed on her. Like up and down. And just up smiling. And oh yeah, Lots of elevator action. <laughs> there was a moment she looked away and he's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Betting ceremony. Betting ceremony. <laughs> and we get an uh, interesting thing here, Lord Bolton, who had said to Jamie he was heading to this wedding, is here at the wedding, and he's hanging out with Catelyn, Blackfish, and Blackfish, uh, hanging out with them at the wedding. And the best part was he said he wasn't going to drink, which he said the reasoning was because it dulls his senses, and which I took at the time. I was like, oh, yeah, that's why I don't drink, too. But (laughs) it makes sense to me that he didn't want his senses dulled for battle. Yeah, I think Kyle (laughs) and I gave each other a little look there. Yeah. We're like, ooh. (laughs) Yeah, so a lot of foreshadowing, Mm -hmm. too. But, I mean, it was all stuff which is really cool. It was stuff that was foreshadowing without making it obvious. And I really feel like if you until the point where they changed the music, if you hadn't read it, I think it was really great foreshadowing without, as I said, making it so you would know that this was going to happen. There was so much wonderful buildup. Uh, mm-hmm. as, as a book reader and knowing it was going to happen, you, you're, you're just waiting for that first arrow. You're waiting for that first sword. Yeah. And there was so much buildup. I was like, oh, is it, is it now? Is it now? Yeah. No? Okay. Okay, there's more to do. Is it now? It had me on the edge of my seat, even though I knew it was coming. I think they did a fantastic job in filming that. I thought they were going to gut Talisa in the opening scene whenever Walter Frey actually called her up to step forward. I was ready for the arrows to be pulled. Yeah, right you were definitely like, oh, bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to think that, too, because, I mean, and as we said, the novel, she's not there. And it's just like, oh, that's an interesting choice to bring her. Because they, they didn't do it in the book because they thought it would be a slight against the phrase, and that's why they didn't take her. But we get uh, Rob eating with Talisa during the wedding, and they're flirting with each other back and forth. And Talisa stops Rob from going too far because he doesn't want she doesn't want to slight them. Smart move, smart move, smart move. Didn't end up mattering, but smart. I'm glad they spent that last time together. <laughs> yeah, at least they had some fun moments together. That's, that's when you <laughs> know. That's moments. when you know Weiss and Benioff are writing the episode. Because if George was writing it, they never would have had that final kiss. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, people in the chat were saying before that G- George R. R. Martin uh, is insane. That's what people in the chat were saying. Because of this whole scene. So 
Uh, but yeah, so after that, we get the betting ceremony that starts happening, with this, which is foreign to Talisa. Yeah, it's certainly something new and different, but we also get the um, uh, Edmure's classic line. What did, what did he say? Once you unleash the monster ladies, you can't put it back in the cage. <laughs> classic. <laughs> I, I, I was just like, well, okay, RR. <laughs> yeah, very much a Games of Thronesy line. Yeah, he um, he's such a frat boy, that Edmure. Oh, totally, totally a frat boy attitude. Is there a Game of Thrones porno yet? Because you could just take lines straight from each of the episodes. It would just not even have to write a script. It could just be an assembly of all the lines that are in the season. People in the live chat start coming up with names. Go. <laughs> the Game of Bones is the only one that comes to yeah. mind. All right, there so. we go. Quick one there. <laughs> so uh, we we then get this scene that we talked about before, where Talisa and Rob are hanging back, and Talisa points out that how pregnant she is, and if it's a son, they want she wants to name it Eddard after the late Eddard Stark. Mm-hmm. So kind of this tender moment that you get. Before the music switches, and we get this switch of music, Kristen, that you really noticed. You were just yeah. like, uh-oh, uh-oh, what is this? <laughs> I was so unsettled by it, and, and just like Kat's face, just looking up, I was just like, okay, do something. Do something. You see, like, everything happening. She saw the door closing. She lifted up, I mean, Lord Bolton's um, sleeve and saw he had armor. Like, she was just like a few moments too late, but the entire time she had been suspicious. So I wish there was a little bit more of a battle there, I mean, because it was just, it all happened in a moment of seconds. But I guess they were very, they'd been drinking, they didn't yeah. have their weapons with them, because they thought they were at this peaceful moment where they don't have to worry, because they got in the food, they they just were under the impression that this is an honorable thing that you would never break, and the reason I kept on talking about the past weeks with Daenerys breaking these honor-bound codes and how that was kind of a big deal to me and how it made me kind of like Daenerys a little bit less is because of things like this, where it's just like, it, it's all these things that you sort of expect. And when when someone breaks it, so this one honor-bound thing, yes, it's a way to win a war, but it kind of makes you come off a little bit more villainous. It certainly does. It's such a... It's such a big law in the world once you eat on somebody's house and to just to just break it, I, it it's horrible. It, it's oh, I don't know. Catalan's so nervous about it, and I think that's I think that's a big reason why she doesn't act right away because mm-hmm. she's really like, no, we we did this. He, he, there's no way he can break this law, and she just kept putting it off and putting it off, and eventually it was just too late, and she's couldn't do anything. I agree with all of that, and I think I also agree with you, Dave, in saying that Daenerys is kind of villainous. But guess what? The villain sometimes is victorious. <laughs> no, I don't disagree with that at sometimes. all. I mean, yeah. sometimes they're victorious, and then you also get the classic idea of everyone who wins. History is written by the winner, the victor. So no matter what happened in the past, history is written by the victor. So there are people that we think of as heroes who might have been more villainous than they really we really yeah, think of them. That's as. a great point. I Very think true. most of the uh, winners are always playing at a corner, playing mm. the angles. You kind of have to in life in general. That's another subject. <laughs> so, we do get a we. Uh, there was this little blink and you miss it moment. I think uh, someone had a silver mermaid pin. And, oh uh, yes. There's a there's a f- family called uh, the Manderley family who their mermaid is their thing. And I kind of had a little ooh, a little nerd moment. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's it's great when they throw out little things like that for when you're watching for the people who have yeah. read to be like, oh, oh my god, okay, I'm glad they threw you that know, in there. It's nice. And did you see did you see Rob's cloak class, the two wolf heads? Yeah. Well, I also oh, love the man. before we continue. One of the ways we keep all these shows for you free is by our amazing sponsors, and today Spotify is one of our sponsors. On Spotify, you can listen.
listen to all of your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcast so you don't miss an episode. Premium users can even download episodes to listen to offline, wherever they are, and you can easily share what you're listening to with all your friends and following on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app and search for AfterBuzz TV on Spotify or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Also, make sure you follow us so you never miss an episode of AfterBuzz TV. Banners as they were, when we first see them entering House Tolly, you see the stark banners flying, mm. which was cool to me, just that opening scene of like, I mean, I'm sure people know at this point the direwolf's the sigil. But when you see the direwolf on the banners as they're entering, it's like, all right, cool, direwolves are coming. That's the big deal. But, yeah, so as the music starts, we get the doors close and are locked as the guard walks by. Uh. And Walter Frey comes up to have a little speech. Oh, man. (laughs) I I can't even talk about it. I'm crying. Thanks for having me on the, the most happiest episode yeah. of the season. We're like, you know, it would be a great time to have Kyle on the harshest episode of the season. And by the way, uh, Kristen Lyons fan on the chat agrees with you about the Kristen, or about the music you didn't like. He says he agrees because it was very uncomfortable at that point that the music starts. So things get really tense here. And then uh, that's when Catelyn notices the chainmail on Edmure Tolly is at that point. Uh, on, uh, uh, not Edmure Tolly, sorry, Roose Bolton. Roose Bolton. Yeah, Edmure Tolly's off having fun. As far as we know. Checking out his lady. Checking out his lady, yeah. On Roose Bolton. So, Roose Bolton's in on it, and we get... <laughs> little Edward Stark gets it. Oh, he just gets it. Man, I guess there's no heir to the north now. Jeez. Oh. Um, I don't even know what to say. It's, uh, it was so brutal they took her out. It was such a... It was such a moment as a reader. It's like, she's not supposed to be there. And then just to slaughter her first. There were all these rumors. Is she going to escape? Is she going to? And then they just take her out first. And I was like, holy crap. They were really. Yeah. Especially, like you said, the first one to go. And you're just like, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's what happened. And then <laughs> Catelyn immediately gets shot with an arrow. Rob gets shot with a bunch of arrows. And people just start going down like flies because all the musicians. And again, in the novel, it was very a uh, point that how bad the musicians were. Because the point is, they weren't actually musicians; they were really trained uh, archers. Archers. So they're up there shooting people down from the rafters. They did a pretty good job of playing, I gotta say. <laughs> Lady Friend Love says red bedding. Love the name. <laughs> <laughs> Stark naked on I on. Um, I'm sorry, I'm on Twitter. If you want to tweet at me at Cinematic Escape, Stark naked says that George R. R. Martin is the Zodiac killer. <laughs> <laughs> they, they finally found him all these years. <laughs> He's writing his diaries in Game of Thrones. So this really was to be, though, the harshest moment. Because as you said, Kristen, many people love the Starks. I'm one of those people. Mm-hmm. I love the Starks. They've always been my favorite family since the first season. I mean, like, I, love, I love Tyrion, too, but the Starks have been my consistently my favorite. So when all this happened, I was just like, no! And hasn't Catelyn suffered enough? She's lost every kid at this point, as far as she knows. She thinks she's lost every kid. So that's why she was just going crazy when she thought she was going to lose Rob. Yeah, she lost it. And you could see, I mean, she lost her mind when she grabs a little girl and threatens to slice her throat. It's just, she's gone. She's just lost it. But she she says, honor her honor as a Tully and her Stark, and they keep their honor to the very end. Oh, you think Walder Frey thinks the Starks have honor? No, not at this point. (laughs) 
But maybe the Tollies do. Maybe he still thinks the Tollies do. Yeah, there we go. But, uh, I don't know, but I am just like still speechless from that scene because as you guys are talking about it, I'm just seeing it replay in my mind, and it's one of those like terrible things that you don't actually don't want to be replaying in your mind. Like it was so epic, and and just like the visual effects were mind blowing. Oh yeah, and as the the throats are being the slit, spra- and they're spraying blood. Yeah, I mean that was incredibly graphic, and we're gonna get to the whole Daenerys scene later. But the Daenerys uh, scene where they were storming Yunkai, I thought I was surprised how ungraphic it was. Mm-hmm. And here's why: because this scene was so graphic. There was blood, I think, in every storyline. So I have a question for you guys: uh, Where'd the blackfish go? I was wondering that too. I guess he must have been murdered if he was in that room, but you don't really see it happen. I was I was curious what happened to the blackfish as well. Yeah, he he. They don't show him getting killed, as far as I know. They don't show him or Edmure, so those are kind of the questions in the air. Yeah, we know Edmure went to the room, so I mean he's got somewhere to be. Blackfish right. is just vanished. Maybe he was helping with the bedding. <laughs> <laughs> he ran up. He's like, I'm in on this. I, I don't know. He is a Tully, so maybe rat boy mentality. After all those ladies gave him the look, and he was like, Oh, I'm gonna know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he wants to be in that room. Well, <laughs> Rosalind. Oh, yeah, so okay. So he likes the young lady. Jeffrey yeah. Lambert asked, "Where was Jingle Bell?" And Jingle Bell, for those of you who don't know, is the uh, mentally handicapped Frey who is jingling around in the the novels, and he was absent from the show. I guess you just don't need his character. Yeah, really. he was, he was the jester that Catelyn grabs at the end and puts the knife to his throat. So yeah, it was actually the jester, not um, Walder's current wife. <laughs> but, current wife, but yeah, current wife. But Walder doesn't care. He's just like, well, I'll find another one. Yeah, how many wives has he had? Right, like it's obvious something that from Catelyn's first talk to him in season one that this is something Walder would not care about. Yeah, yeah. I just knew as soon as he's like your wife, and I'm like, oh, Catelyn, come on, you're smarter than this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some laughter in the booth. <laughs> laughter from Steven in the booth. <laughs> so, yeah, they she right away uh Rob gets murdered, so then she slits uh the fray girl's throat he and He did say she, mother right before. That was sort of Yeah. I was not expecting. But that. he was just what com- was that? Do you did you hear him? No. He what? looked at Cat and he was just like mother right before they killed him. Oh, Rob did? Mhm. Oh. Stellar dream on the chest says I'm going to be so crushed if Blackfish dies too or died too. And Natasha Velez is laughing my ass off at Kurt. Uh, Oh, wait, what did Kurt say on the check? Oh, Talisa's doomed her baby to die the second she named him Ned. Neds don't (laughs) live through episode nine. (laughs) I I was kind of thinking that. I'm glad I got to that. I was like, every time there's a Ned, everybody's going to die. He also has a good point. All the jesters were cut out of the show from the book, and that's true. There are a lot of jesters in the book. There's jesters over at uh, Dragonstone. There's jesters at, at... uh, the main area, so... Uh, the t- the Tyrells have the, one. Yeah, uh, it's just ever, everywhere there's a lot of gestures in the books that have been cut out, and maybe it could be considered offensive, too, because they're usually the mentally handicapped characters. Possibly. Maybe, yeah. I, or maybe mm-hmm. it was just probably a timing thing or just an issue of we don't yeah, need this character. We don't need him, yeah. Yeah, Devin was most sad whenever the wolf died. <laughs> yeah, and, and the wolf <laughs> dies, too, after that. But think about this, too. Uh, it, it ends as... Catelyn's throat is slit and she falls over and then there's no music in the credits and I think this is the first time in Game of Thrones we've had no music in the credits I don't know when it jumped to the bear in the Maiden Fair rock style <laughs> it wasn't quite that, that was jarring. that was pretty rough and that, by rough I mean I didn't like it that's what I mean 
I was like, that's just like that. Yeah, that's what I mean by that. <laughs> so yeah, we get murder all across those. So Arya's witnesses then the uh, direwolf, Rob's direwolf, gets shot with arrows and crossbows because I mean they're not going to take any chances because that thing is a beast, literally. Yeah, um, and uh, do they explain why the wolf is in a pen in the they show? They didn't in the show, so do you want to go ahead and explain what that is? I'm trying to remember. It was, uh, wasn't, isn't Rosalind, excuse me, isn't, um... Well, it's Rob is, Rob's Jane, coming in. but who is Talisa. Isn't Talisa uncomfortable with well, the wolf? Well, Tal- yeah, she's uncomfortable with the wolf, but the reason, in, at least in the novel, that the wolf's in a pen is opposed to coming into the castle is because as Rob comes into the castle... Um, his dire wolf is really nervous and can sense something's wrong, so it attacks one of the phrase, right? Or it causes one of the phrase horses not attacks. It causes one of the phrase horses to get nervous, and the horse buckles one of the phrase. Okay. So they take that as an offense and won't let his dire wolf in. So they lock it up with all the dogs. There we go. I really thought that Arya was going to get to it. I know. I, I was no. like, oh, she's going to let him out, and then he's going to try to save the day and get murdered. But he didn't even make it out of the cage. He didn't. But another hound did. <laughs> Jeffrey Lambert hates when hated when Grey Wolf died or Grey Wind North remembers correct Grey Wind. Um, yeah, that's yeah. what Devin said. She said that, or he Devin could be a guy or female. Um, he she said that that was they felt the worst at that moment. Max Star, okay, here we go. Max Star points this out. Penis has saved two lives tonight. Edmure, who was using it as a sword, <laughs> and Blackfish, and Blackfish, who was using it to piss. So that's that's where he was. I forgot about that. He left to go take a piss oh, did he, at the did tree. He have a, did he have a line about Yeah, that? he had a line where he said, I got to go take a piss and went uh, to a tree. Oh, I, I forgot about it. that. So thank you for throwing that out there, Max Star. Oh, nice. Thank you. Thank so, you. yeah, that is, that's where uh, that's where Blackfish was that whole time. So there that, you go. That's why he wasn't there. Yeah, that's good because I mean, he's outside where murders are happening as well. The Stark mm-hmm. men are getting killed yeah. outside as well. But he at least has an escape. Right. At least he's not he's trapped in that room of ultimate death yeah. and chaos. But we, we get um, Arya, who's then afterwards trying to run in, wants to run in so badly and save everybody, or at least me with her mom, and gets knocked out by the Hound. He's like, it's too late. It's It was so close. It's just... I, I, I feel like he's her new wolf, by the way. So close grasping there, but wow. he's been the... That's uh, kind of deep. Yeah, and now it's a dog instead of a wolf. <laughs> he's but the new nightmare. He, he has been the one, though, that's been protecting all these Stark girls, too, because mm-hmm. first it was Sansa, and now he's just been watching over and protecting Arya from everything. So he's been a, very much a protector, even though Arya still doesn't trust him. Wow, that's that's kind of cool. Actually, I never thought about that. The two girls both lost their wolves, and they've got a dog protecting them. And yeah. That's kind of a neat little thing. Wow. Thanks, guys. Says, wow. wow, really? <laughs> that's why we're doing this show. <laughs> We all learn things. There we go. <laughs> so, man, rough, rough time with the Stark ended things. But we had a lot going on in the rest of the episode, too. So let's go ahead and jump over to um, Essos, where Daenerys is hanging out with her war council. So Dario, who's being flirty with her, as always. Arr. And Jorah, who's <laughs> visually not happy about this. <laughs> yeah. So friend zone, that poor Jorah. Oh. <laughs> So yeah, they are they're conversing in war strategies to try and break into Yunkai. Okay. And Jorah doesn't trust Dario. No, Dario's got this master plan going on that he he has friends at the back door and they'll let him in and he does it all the time or whatnot. And and, <laughs> and it's this very we'll just take a couple guys we'll take the two best warriors, which Jorah instantly thinks is himself. And, of course. Um he's like, Yeah, we'll go into the city and then we'll take everybody out, and we'll open the front door and then your army can come in. Um 
And so George just doesn't trust him because it's it's too easy or it's too mm-hmm. too few men. And then I mean, why was it? Why was he so mad? Because if they kill. Jorah and Grey Worm, then Danny's gonna lose. Like apparently, that's what he <laughs> like. That was is her he, counselor. Is he so full of himself that yeah. Danny, if you lose me, you're gonna lose this war? Pretty much, <laughs> that's what he was saying, <laughs> which is obviously not the truth, but okay. in his mind. There we go. It's just puffing up his chest for yeah. Danny. Yeah, because bit she there. clearly goes to him for advice all the time. Oh yeah, clearly, it's, it's gotta be him. <laughs> yeah. It's gotta be Jorah. And then Dario grabs her hand and moves it over the yeah. map. Yeah, oh, he is losing it. <laughs> Jorah's just watching with the eyes like. What I'm are you doing? I'm so surprised Jorah didn't just yeah. like swing his sword the opposite direction when they were fighting those other guys. Oh, but they worked well under pressure. The they, teamwork was They did. I mean, Grey Worm convinced them to follow through on Dario's plan, and they, they go into the city, and the three of them were badass. Yeah, that was an awesome scene to witness and see. That yeah. was an awesome scene to check out. It was it was really cool. I, I was like, oh, they're just going to talk their way out of this or something. They just took out that whole first wave. Great, we got to see Grey Worm in action. He was whipping around that sword yeah. like Donatello. I, mean, I think it was a lance, <laughs> though, right? Awesome. Yeah, it, it was a lance. It was yeah. a lance. I just had my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But yeah, Donatello <laughs> didn't use a sword either. That was a post act. Did I say sword? God, oh, God, I'm on. sorry. I didn't, mean, I didn't mean to say sword. I, 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 was, uh, I was so nervous. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man. This podcast is ruined. I'm done. Sorry, guys. I'm going to out. Later. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, awesome, man. It was so cool watching all them in action. And Dario, I never really thought curved swords were that badass before. I've always been a fan of the, um, just, I, I've always loved swords when I was a kid. And I never really liked curved swords. And watching Dario utilize that curved sword like a badass, I was like, man, maybe I kind of do like curved swords now. That was amazing. Well, that was the Arak of yeah. the, of the um, Dothraki. We saw it before too, oh, but it, this was like a lot of awesome usage and the multiple enemies at once. So yeah, man, he's an awesome fighter. They they were all badass. Even Jorah was much better than I thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, Jorah's a good fighter. I mean, we've well, I mean, I mean, last is, time he got he, hit was, in the is, armor is, and has it he saved ever been his life. Proven to be that good, he just. Well, he got. He says he, he is. He did. Come fight, on. He says he. Is. Well, he did he fight says he off. Is, duh, he is. He did fight <laughs> off the one Dothraki guy in season one. Although he did get hit in his armor. Yeah, he had a suit of armor on. But versus. that's the difference of fighting styles. That's his fighting style. He gets to have his suit of armor, but he's not as quick. Yeah, it's true. And he won. So I guess his style of fighting won out. But he didn't have the suit on this time. Yeah, true. Uh, you can't have a clinky suit when you're sneaking into a city. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so then the second wave comes out, right? The second wave of guys, and they and we don't see that battle. Yeah. Well, now, I was confused. Was that the second wave of guards from that city, or was that the Unsullied that was behind well, them waiting to get in? I, it, it was a different set of slaves from the Yunkai slaves, I yes, believe. I, I, that's what I thought it was as well. But um, So Kerpop has an, an important observation. Dave won, Kyle zero in the game of Turtles. Uh, from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> references. Don't invite me onto the Turtles podcast. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, so uh, I think it was slaves, as we were saying, from the Yunkai, the Yunkai slaves. But it sounds like they sided with, um, as Dario predicted, they sided with them, and I think they ended up throwing down their weapons from the explanation mm-hmm. afterwards. That's what it sounded like, but what did Dario say? He's like, oh, the freer of slaves has arrived, throw down your weapons? I, I guess that's what he said, right? Yeah, I think they threw down their weapons, and they ended up siding with all of them instead. Okay. That second wave. I Think that's what I got from that conversation. Yeah, it seemed a little too easy. I, I yeah, mean, was... I know I agreed, but maybe they saw the first round get slaughtered and also <laughs> didn't want to go have yeah. the same fate. But maybe that like they respected them for that. Yeah, maybe they're no unsullied, so they'll throw down their weapons. <laughs> but, but let's yeah, exactly unsullied never, never, never. <laughs> but let's also throw out too when Dario gets back and or when Jorah gets back, <laughs> triumphant. <laughs> 
Daenerys just wants to know where Dario is. Oh, she's oh, got a crush. And Jorah not too happy as nah. Dario is the one triumphantly walks in and drops the pouch and says, we've taken the city. Yeah, well, was that the flag of Yunkai? I, I believe so. Yeah. With the, with the mm-hmm. uh, Valkyrie on it there. Because yeah. it was like, the city the is harpy, yours. The harpy on it, excuse me. Red Betting says Dario looks like a '90s hairband rocker. Well, he's actually a rapper. If you guys know that, there's a rap. What? There's a rap you video of, of him no out way. there. Yes, that actor has done rap videos. Steven, so you gotta look that up. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> See, we're all learning things. It was learning session here. Talk about learning. We should talk about the John Lovitz Club. Yeah, next let's talk Sunday. about the John Lovitz uh, Club. So next week on Sunday, or if whenever you guys are listening, maybe this upcoming Sunday for the season finale, June 9th. After Buzz is actually going to be at the John Lovett Center doing the show live in front of a live audience. And if you guys want to come, you should. It's at the John Lovett Center in Universal comedy City Walk. Club. It's the comedy club at right, City Walk. At Universal City Walk. And uh, if you guys want to get tickets, you can go on to the John Lovett's Comedy Club's website. Enter in the promo code ABTV, and it's $5 off. And you should come join us. We'll, we're going to have a bunch of special guests. Kristen, you want to name a couple of them for us? Oh, yeah. Just a Rider Strong from Boy Meets World. Kristen's favorite. Kristen's favorite. <laughs> oh, down, and down, down. Eric Layden from The Killing. Who also joined us on episode 10 last season, if you guys watched that. He's oh, a nice. huge fan. Yeah, so these are celebrity fans will be there to break down the episode with us. And who knows, maybe a few other special guests. So you'll just have to come to see. You'll have to come check us out. If you guys live in the L.A. area. Or if you don't fly in, it's not too late. Rob Gold, L.A. area, <laughs> come check it out. So I'm coming. Sweet. I want to be there. Uh, Let's do it. Yeah, so. <laughs> we got one seat filled. <laughs> yes. Go buy your, seriously though, guys, like there are limited tickets, so don't hesitate to go on the website and get those tickets. Yeah, definitely and come check it out. And we will meet you next Sunday. If you come, nice. we'd really love to meet you guys. Yeah, we'd definitely love to say hi to everyone who enjoys the show. Dave has run into our fans a few times at the Grove. But, yeah. And they just recognized his voice, apparently. It was and just then the they voice. turned around <laughs> and they saw him. <laughs> nice. Just the voice. Like, who is that? I was who at Umami Burger. but yeah guys we'd love to see you and meet you in person and break down the show with you and take your fan questions live in the studio awesome i have to come because i have to meet the person whose seat i always steal yeah yeah exactly (laughs) there'll be a chance for you to be sarah stratton because she's gonna punch sarah's never here at the same time as kyle (laughs) so yeah sadly as you guys know sarah's not here but she will be here next week so and kyle will be here too Whoa! It's going to be crazy. This is going to be some crazy stuff going on. I'll be at the bar. (laughs) (laughs) And we're all going to be wearing red. Maybe not. And we're going to um, lock the door so no one can get out. Yeah, exactly. We're the of cash. Uh, yes. There actually is a upper level to it. So uh, <laughs> look, we might have a band. We might just there might double be check some archers. Yeah, you, you, you archers. guys, you want people to come? What the heck are you doing? No, I mean, if you guys are trained archer, you should. Come. Uh, wait, what am I saying? No, we're not gonna have any of that. Musicians, musicians, <laughs> musicians, musicians, come. There's gonna be that and more, and so just come and hang out with us, really. We just love you guys, so yeah, come come sweet. hang next Sunday. Come hang, come John chill. Lovitz Club, Universal City. And that would be, I believe, the events. Um, we're going to watch the show with you guys. Check it out on the John Lovitz Comedy Center. We're going to watch the shows with you, with you guys and right afterwards do the after show. So we're actually going to be watching right there with you guys, too. So with that said, let's go ahead and talk about the Bran storyline because Bran is up in the north and... He, well, he is making his way to uh, try and pass over to the North and North. I'm going to call it the North and North, two words. And they run into an abandoned windmill, and they, they decide to go take shelter there as a storm starts brewing. Hodor having none of it. Hodor. 
Hodor. <laughs> Hodor! Oh. He so, had so much to say this episode, I did not make a tally mark, but it was a Hodor. lot. <laughs> Hodor! Hodor! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like the storm, man. He is... Oh, Hodor, Hodor, Hodor. Um, not at all. Yes, yeah, so and... The storm starts brooding in. We, we find out that he's afraid of storms. And while this is all going on, while we find out that we're afraid of storms, we got John Egret and Tormund Giantsbane. So awesome because he's the Giantsbane. Yeah. And they, are come, they come across an old man with horses on the parallel end, and they want to kill him and steal all of his horses. And the wildlings don't really understand the idea of breeding horses because normally in the wild you would steal someone's horses. That's that's true. Mm-hmm. Yes. So mm-hmm. they don't quite get this notion, but they want to kill this old man, and John is completely against it. Yeah, of course. I mean, he these people are helping the this man is greatly helping the Night's Watch, and John is obviously still a crow, so there's no way he wants to do this. And he, you see him try to talk his way out, and he's uh, what did he say? He said, uh, "Oh, if you if you just steal the horses, they'll just send a couple men after you for thieves. But if you kill them, they'll send a lot of men after you for a mur- for being a murderer." Tormund Giantsbane says, perfect. Yeah, great line. <laughs> Another thing is, too, like, I, I mean, obviously Rob just doesn't want to do it, but... You mean, I mean John. Or John. Man, Rob. Bo he's still in my mind. <laughs> Bo Staff, not Sword. Bo still Staff. Bo Staff, yeah. No. Now you, Kyle won V0 in the Game of Thrones front. <laughs> yes. I, I think I just always win. You guys are always getting it wrong. Kristen Clearly. has five, though, on both ends of the front. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle size, she has like 10 or 20. Yeah. I was actually born a turtle. I didn't know that. This is, wow. <laughs> Well, you got like super evolved because you looked even more human than the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's crazy. What are we talking about? <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> so, yeah, John, totally against this idea. And really, when you think about it, though, the idea is you kill this old man so he can't do what he tries to do go and run away to tell the Night's Watch what happened. Is that, that where is, he was going? Well, we don't know if that's where he's going, but that's where he, he could have been going. I think he had a secret mission. I think he was going to a sewer. I think he was going. Contact. I think he was trying to go to the uh, the twins because he heard about the red wedding and, and he was panicking. I, I have to, to make wedding. it to the twins. <laughs> Let Rob Stark know. No. <laughs> yeah, there's safety in the sewers <laughs> <laughs> and turtles. No, he is definitely heading to the Night's Watch. Oh, okay. I mean, that's where he's going. He's just uh, warn him about and just warn him about the wildlings because a, a, a large group of wildlings on that side of the wall is just bad news. Yeah, so we get this chase going on, and they end up at the very same windmill that Bran is at with Bran, when Jojen and the Reeds. And as this happens, Hodor just starts flipping the F out. Yeah. And he's like, stands up, Hodor! And you can hear it over the thunderstorm. And Bran all of a sudden goes white eyes and becomes Hodor. Whoa. Yeah, he... Um Taking war to the next That's level. That's pretty crazy, and we actually re- we learn the significance uh, mm-hmm. of that uh, later in the scene when uh, Bran asks, um, "Oh my gosh, his name's escaping me." Jojen. Oh, Jojen. Yes, thank you. Uh, Jojen. Eleven points. If oh God, <laughs> <laughs> we're keeping tally, uh, <laughs> he, he asks Jojen if people do that beyond the wall if they enter the if they warg into the minds of other people, and Jojen says, "No, they don't do that anywhere." So Bran, it's a really significant moment. And Chris Mancini says Bran's storyline is going to. Grow Bran is starting to act like a lord more than Rob and obviously without the fight. Oh, see, because on the live chat, his response was Hodor, so apparently he <laughs> tweets out a lot more to you. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> now we get the translation. That's what Hodor means. Hodor? Yeah, apparently Hodor means everything Kristen just read. That's the translation. It gets sent to Kristen's tweets. 
<laughs> nice. I speak Hodor. <laughs> you guys are all over this Twitter. Tweet me too, Mad Canard. Come on, guys. What, what is know. yours? At Mad Canard. At Mad Canard. Yeah. Come on, tweet Kyle, guys. Or tweet me. <laughs> no, don't tweet me. At the Dave Kyle. <laughs> Or do in the live chat, too. Um, I'm up on the live chat with you guys. So, um, yeah, we get him becoming Hodor crazy, and he gets Hodor to shut up, so mission accomplished. Oh, by making his eyes of his, the whites of his eyes show, that creeps me out, by the way. Yeah, that was freaking you out. And, then- and what about when John killed one of the wildlings? His eyes did it, too. Is that just, you know, what happens when you die? It was just weird to me. Or is he a warg, too? Well, we had seen Orel warg. Well, the very first time we met Orel, he was mm-hmm. warging into the bird above. Mm. Um, yeah, that's when Tormund told him, and he had the whites in his eyes. So and did he turn into that hawk that was attacking yeah, Joe? Yeah, presumably. John yes. at the end? Yes. Okay. There was actually a line a few episodes ago where John threatened Orel, and he goes, if I kill you, do you... Do you live? Do you go into that bird or whatnot? We didn't really get an answer, but we saw as he was dying, or because he died, I'm not quite right. sure. Something he, to that extent. His mind went into the bird and, and Very cool. in, instantly attacked John and scratched up his the, face. Yeah, the eye stuff is really creepy. Which this is a bit of a side, but I just want to point it out there. I was at the optometrist over the weekend, and they were touching my eye, which freaks me out more than anything. Turns out, I I'm from the Chicago area. the The receptionist was freaking out because I apparently go to the same optometrist as DB Weiss. From the Chicago area. Who knew? So I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought it was kind of fun. Random story. Sorry to And so now he's coming on the that. show, right? And Dave? so now he may be a special he guest. Maybe. <laughs> he also may be in Ireland. I one of the two. Or getting his eyes checked. Or getting his eyes checked we in Chicago. So one of the three. <laughs> but yeah, so we're a lot of war g- happening in this episode and then Brand becomes um I believe summer. To yes, I believe, and I think Ghost was there as well. I think, yeah. I think Ghost, Ghost, Ghost Summer, and Summer are there, and Shaggy, and Shaggy Dog, Dog is there. So Dire Wolves taking over, but he <laughs> he does that as um, in the scene where John makes the decision that he cannot kill this uh, old man because the wildlings want him to kill him, and he cannot do it. So then Igrit does it. Here's like Igrit just shoots the guy. Yeah, just takes him out and. Uh... Yeah, but instantly it doesn't even matter because instantly the 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 wildlings are like, well, he's still a crow. Let's kill him. Yeah, what I didn't get is when Egret was standing up to help John actually kill the other wildlings. He actually hit her so that she fell back behind him, but that didn't help him. Like, why didn't he let her shoot her own kind? That's what she would have done. Because they would have killed her. Yeah, but they they attacked her then when she was on the ground. So him pushing her on the ground didn't help things. But like, he, just he wasn't attacking her. He was holding her back. Right. I think I think John just mm. didn't want Igret to die inside with him. I, I would imagine that's where John's mind was at. It was he just wanted to get Igret out of everything and not involve her in it. I got yeah. that, but she was at a better position when she was standing and had her arrow and her bow. Like let her do her work. Well, she knows what she's doing. It worked out. Tormund didn't kill her. So at the end of the day, because he's in out. love with her. That wasn't Tormund. It was the other guy who was in love with her. I feel like they're probably the all. I feel like they're probably all in love with her. Let's be serious. Oh yeah, like the only female, the only sexy wildling. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. <laughs> what are you trying to say about? Uh, what are you trying to say about Gilly? I don't. I don't know. Oh, what are you trying to say? God, no, I kind of have. Gilly a, gets I, smarter and smarter every I episode, have right? A thing for Gilly, <laughs> <laughs> we it's all those, do. It's those doe but yeah, yeah. But, so. The the wolves, dire wolves, end up helping out John, and he makes his escape. Yeah. Um, Not shot by an arrow. He just takes off and leaves a grit there, high and dry, which is this really, uh, I mean, that is one way to end a relationship. You know, I was kind of glad that he did that, because it's pretty obvious that their values and morals, like, they just don't match up. Like, they're two different people. They come from different parts of the 
the country or what, whatever, and, and they're the always of that world, yeah, yeah, and they're always just going to have different opinions, different values. They're never going to see eye to eye. Are you saying two different people can't come together to make one? It, no, I just... <laughs> <laughs> it was Summer Lovin'. Somebody needs to put those two to the Grease soundtrack. It was Fire Lovin'. <laughs> it, was by his, fire lovin'. it was his first, but John like, got kissed by fire, let's oh, be honest. Oh, he got kissed. <laughs> I don't feel like someone like John can climb as high as he wants to in this world with a lady friend by his side who prevents him and almost, she, I, she does weaken him in my opinion. I mean, I don't know if I think she weakens him. I just think he he was very confused and conflicted because he finally found a girl. He never he always uh, forsworn being with girls and he never experienced what it was like to have someone like that. And mm-hmm. then he got confused. He's like, well, this is something really amazing that I can't do if I'm part of the watch. But this is what I swore my vows to is to be part of the watch. And I think it was just that confliction of honor and mm-hmm. love. And he didn't know what to do. Well, I think in this yeah. episode he made his choice. He didn't yeah, kill he did that make guy. His choice. He didn't kill that guy. She did. And then I think by him running away saying he's a crow, that's him like taking back his vow not to be with a woman, in my opinion. I think it was some it was I liked the inner turmoil. I thought it was really good, and it was a really good thing for John because John's kind of he's kind of like mm, boredom. He's just kind of flat. I feel as a character in the show, and I thought this was a really uh, great moment of just what am I doing? Her, him, kill this guy, my honor. What's going on? Yeah, that is something you don't get as much of in the show as opposed to the the novel because you get his thoughts in the novel where he's thinking like he's so conflicted in the novel, and in the show it's hard to show that. Mm. So this is kind of a good way where you find out like okay, he was conflicted the whole time, and he. I mean, they tried to, but I I, I do agree with you, Kristen. He made his choice clearly, yeah. uh, and what he did in his actions, and yeah. that that kind of ends with the John's end, and on Brand's end of thing, he decides that he is definitely going north after what happened with Hodor and he's, he wants Rickon and Osha to stay behind and Osha to protect Rickon. Yeah, well, Osha's uh, told them that there's no way in hell that she is going past the wall. Pretty she, much. She is done with that. She saw some White Walkers or some badness happening up there, and she is not that going back. Thing. Oh, her husband. I forgot. Her her, her man. Yeah. Uh, all that jazz. And uh, so, so Bran does a nice thing, and he's like, you don't have to come with me. Take mm-hmm. Rickon, and that you just bonded with over drinking your own blood. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a nice little bonding moment. And, mm-hmm. uh, and take off. Go to, what is it, the last Umbers. hearth? Which yeah. is the castle of the Umbers. And um, go take Rick and keep him safe, and we're going to go do what we have to do with the Three Eyed Raven. Right. And, and so then up north now, past the wall, we've got Sam and Gilly. Another brief scene with them. We're not getting long ones. It's just Sam telling Gilly about Castle Black and, and uh, the Night Fort and the, the secret passage that's supposedly at the Night Fort. And Sam's a wizard now. And Sam's a wizard. <laughs> because he can read. Yeah, yeah. We, we learn. Um, we learn about the secret entrance, which is pretty cool, that nobody else knows about, and he just has to find it. Um, and it, it, that's a good thing that we know how he's going to get through the wall, because if he just ended up on the other side of the wall, there would have been a lot of questions. Yeah, it, it's definitely, I agree with you, it's great. that, And, and we also get that his knowledge, it, it comes in handy, and a lot of people don't see how handy it is that he can read, and he is a wizard, and has this knowledge from me, his wizard. You're a wizard, Sam. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. I had to do that quote. Whenever uh, Gilly actually looked at Sam and said that he was a wizard, you could see in his eyes that he like just loved the way that she saw him and looked at him, and it's like you could see the love in him because he finally was with someone who like saw him as he wanted to be seen and believed in him. And it was just, it was nice to see that on reflection on his face because he's so used to everyone always breaking him down. It's just a good thing he wasn't dropping any big words in that scene, you know, because that would have ruined the moment. <laughs> or had to make a fire. Or had to make a fire, too. 
So uh, with that said, guys, that, that does it for this episode. But before we uh, take, talk about some brief comments from you guys, I do want to say if we could get your support in any way possible, please go to iTunes, please go to YouTube, rate, comment, positive or negative. We just want to know what you guys think so we can make the show better for you guys. Or you can always come join us on the live chat. As I said, next week, very special live chat where we're going to be live from the John Lovitz Comedy Club. Or come join us. Come hang out with us as we watch the show and mm-hmm. do do the show. And only, with Eric Layden and Ryder Strong, if you didn't hear that earlier. With many guests. <laughs> so, um, and I do want to thank some of you guys on iTunes, Dream Reicher. Thank you so much for commenting. And on YouTube, Savage Personify 90 uh, said, Last week was the first time um, I, that me, I wasn't wearing white. And apparently I'm back to wearing white. <laughs> and I meant to wear red, too. That's the funny thing. But I'm back to wearing white. And then Rob Gold, uh, yeah, thank you for commenting. He actually commented about how he met me at the Grove last mm-hmm. year. So, Rob, it was great meeting you at the Grove last year. And I think Star Wars Expert used to be your name, too, on YouTube. So Come nice. join us. Come join us if you're in the week. L.A. area. It was great meeting you as well. So thank you so much. And, guys, unfortunately, we do need to wrap it up. Otherwise, we get to more comments. So let's do some predictions. By predictions, I mean what we saw in the coming attractions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. So I predict we'll see the red wedding. Oh wait, that was this week. Yeah, I was so scarred I couldn't even watch the next week. Huh? I was really, I really wasn't sure if they were going to do it for the season finale or they were going to do it this episode. And I'm glad they kept it all to this one episode, as episode nine, as opposed to breaking it apart because I think that would have taken away how dramatic it was. Something hmm. that's really, I agree with that, and something that's really interesting is the storylines are dwindling. We saw Renly's go bye-bye, now Rob's gone, and it's just like, you know, it's going to be the other storylines will grow as these some of these storylines are gone. Yeah, and you do mm. have, you had a lot of people complain before, especially with season two, that there were so many characters, if you mm-hmm. only watch the show, it was hard to keep track of them all. So guess what? Now there's less to keep track of. We need them. Just em, for you guys. Because we're going to kill them. <laughs> yeah. But great thing about Game of Thrones is you never know what's going to happen and who's going to die. And this episode just further proves that. They are not afraid to kill major characters. And it sounds like the Northerners will never forget. But we, yes. we see the Stark's banners burning in the pre- upcoming attractions. We see that Stannis is going to be back. The Lannisters are going to be back. So once again, we had a break from the Lannisters this episode, even though Lord Bolton said he was a Lannister now. Yeah. But uh, from that... Other than that, we we did get a break from the Lannisters and dragons. Dragons are back. Dragons. Dragons. And apparently, a crown does not give you power. Apparently. Oh, is is, is Tywin finally going to give Joffrey the beatdown he deserves? Hopefully. Let's hope. Yeah. Let us hope. I hope that's just the final <laughs> scene of the season. It's just a big slap. That's just like a, yeah. <laughs> finally, a Some positive can... notes exactly. other than this episode. But guys, thank you so much for joining us this week in this huge Red Wedding edition of After Buzz. And definitely come join us next week. Once again, I'm Dave Klein. You can find me on Twitter at TheDaveKlein. That's K-L-E-I-N. Or go to my website, DJK-Online.com. I'm Kristen Elizabeth Snyder, and you can find me at the John Lovitz Club next Sunday. Whoa! Come hang out. In person. (laughs) Camping out. Ready. (laughs) And I'm Kyle Maddock. You can find me at Mad Canard, like the duck, on Twitter, or at podcastdeviceandfire.com. All right, thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. At the John Lovitz Club. Woo! From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. Club.
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.